0: You are listening to the Beyond the High Road podcast with Shelby Milford, episode number 49. Stay tuned. Welcome to Beyond the High Road. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing today? After a nice long weekend, Labor Day weekend, hopefully everybody had a safe and lovely and relaxing time. You know, given the circumstances, You know yeah hopefully you guys had a nice time so today we're going to be talking about exterminating your ants i did not come up with the terminology i just did a brief google it's been around since like the 90s it's just an acronym for automatic negative thoughts but it is a catchy way to refer to them oh you guys please rate and review please pretty please if you are enjoying listening to the show. I would love to see some reviews from you guys. I really would. It would make my heart so happy. I'm looking right now as I'm doing this if you're watching this, then you'll see that I'm not looking at the screen because I'm looking to see if there's anybody any new. oh look now there's no n- new reviews. yeah, I would love if you guys would review so and also the helium reinvention program is open around the month. You don't have to join you no. Know, on the 1st or on the 30th or anything. You can join any time of the month. And you can always just, you don't have to catch up with all of the courses. When you join, you just start right where we are or really wherever you want to pick to start. So there's no falling behind or ahead, or there's nothing that you have to catch up on. You just come in, show up as you are. And that's all. That's all is required is that you show up as you are. And when you can, it is very lax like that, but. It's becoming such a nice little support for those parents that are in there with us. So come on, join us. Just going to highroad.com. And I still have one. I have one more private coaching slots open, you know, a weekly spot. And then my schedule is going to be full, full, full. So I wanted to record this today because this is one of my, the most popular, popular, most asked questions that I get. From you guys. The question is something along the lines of, well, that's great. I know that I'm thinking things that aren't helping me, but how do I stop? It's become so automatic and so ingrained that it feels like it is like a fact of the universe that this is your, like, if for instance, if your thought is like, I'll never succeed, things are always going to be this way. I heard the other day, my child was predisposed to hate me to reject me. Thoughts like these that seem out of your control, that like this was my destiny. I used to think this is almost embarrassing to say out loud, but I remember saying it. I remember so clearly I was with the, not my daughter's father, but the other guy, the extremely dysfunctional relationship. And I can remember playing cornhole. I used to make just a little trivia here is I used to make cornhole boards with hand-painted logos for breweries and wineries and bars and what have you in Austin. But anyway, I remember standing over a set of cornhole boards and talking to my ex. I felt like it was so profound, like I was like a prophet. <laughs> like, no, I know that this is true. I was meant to be a martyr. <laughs> when I say it out loud right now, oh my gosh, like it sounds crazy, but... I truly had convinced myself like I felt it in me that this was my destiny that I was going to be used as an instrument like I would sacrifice my life and have all these pains so that my maybe my daughter could be you know she would do something great, but my role was to suffer this i true i i full on believed it I thought it was like divine intervention or something I don't know i don't i didn't define it like that. But I thought I was convinced that it was my destiny to sacrifice my life for the better of oncoming generations from me, you know, from my daughter and then maybe her children and her children, but that I was the one that was going to take the brunt of it. I mean, I fully believed it anyway. So that was my thing. Now that I'm like almost red cheeks because I'm saying it out loud, but I really, I believed it. I would have put money on it. I I felt like it was like this epiphany moment when I realized it, standing over this set of cornhole boards that I had made. Anyway, the automatic negative thought there for me, I was convinced that I was never made for anything greater. That's why I didn't have any talents or any likes or desires. I didn't have any goals or aspirations because I thought that, that it wasn't in the cards for me. It was a very well-practiced thought, some version of that. I wasn't made for greatness. I was. I, I bore greatness, like with my daughter. I truly believed that she would do something amazing with her life, given that she'd gone through, she was going through all that she had. But I truly, I, I believed that I wasn't. So some of the aunts, They're classified into like nine different kinds, but some of them are like black and white thinking, all or nothing. Some people consider that splitting. Like if somebody turns down an invite to go to lunch or brunch or something like that, and they say they can't, you know, and they give you like a reason, maybe it's, oh, sorry, I have a work engagement at that time. Then you go into, oh, they hate me. They must hate me. So you go to like this extreme of negative, as opposed to just taking it with a grain of salt. You think it must be one or, you know, either very, very bad or very, very good. And then similar to that is like the always or never thinking where you're like, they always do that, or I am always late. Very common. You end up overgeneralizing one way or the other. Oh, I always spend too much money. I'm an overspender. You'll never come to the movies with me. You never say yes. I remember doing this a lot as a kid. You never say, yes, I can never spend the night at my friends. Meanwhile, like a couple of days before I spent the night at, you know, my friend Melanie's house or something. When we blame other people automatically for our life, for things that have happened, being late for work. Oh, it's because so-and-so did it. They made me late. I got in the car and I swear I hit every red light. And then there was a bus in front of me and then this and then that. You know how that goes. My cousin came and I got stung by a bumblebee. Right. It's when we blame other people for things, for the reason why our life isn't how we want it to be or the reason why we're not showing up in the way that we said that we would. Oh, well, the reason I haven't lost the weight I wanted to is because I'm with my partner all the time and they're not on the diet. So I eat whatever they do because it's impossible when somebody else is in the house and they're eating all the, everything that they want to eat. Maybe your partner doesn't have a desire to be on a diet or need to be on a diet. I mean, personally, I think everybody should watch their own food intake, but that's besides the point for right now. When you're blaming somebody else for the quality of your life... This one is really disempowering. It keeps you stuck in patterns that you otherwise know that you don't want to be in. Mind reading. This one is a big one for us when you are in the habit of supposing what somebody else's motives or feelings or thoughts are, okay? I know this because I used to do it all the time and still do. I have to stop myself. I was just talking to another alienated parent friend, not a client, but a friend over the weekend about this. Notice the next time that you do this, you can play a game with yourself and see how much it comes up for you. In this case, the person I'm talking about, this friend of mine, we were talking about the alienating parent and she was explaining past events, things that had happened like a couple years beforehand. And In her mind, even though she knows based on history, this is probably what they were thinking. But this was part of her story. Oh, yeah. Well, I know that they were just trying to get me to do blah, blah, blah. So you're already assuming what their motives are. And although you may be accurate, by doing this, you are using up your energy on them. And I know you don't want to do that. You get nothing positive from it. There is zero benefit to interpreting what they're thinking or what their motive is. Zero benefit. You can't use it in court. You can't use it anywhere, but we all do it. Watch yourself when you're recalling past events or when you're telling your own story to yourself. If you are still in regular or semi regular interaction via email or whatever it is, exchanges with the kiddo. If you are telling yourself they're going to be thinking this and they're going to see me and judge me because I'm wearing this and I need to go change so I can prevent them from judging me or whatever. That's not how you say it in your head, but that's really what you're trying to do. You go and you fix yourself in order to prevent them from judging you in any particular way. Do you know how exhausting that shit is? Fucking, it's awful. It is one of the biggest energy vampires. I remember being in that spot where I was constantly anticipating What her father and or stepmom would think or say about me at at pickup, right? At exchanges. Or I would anticipate what they were going to think or say when I sent an email. So I would spend two hours on drafting this silly email talking about a change in pickup time, you know, a 15 minute pickup time switch when really, let's just be honest, they're going to think whatever they're going to think, regardless of what I write. Let them be in charge of that. Let them think whatever they're going to think. I don't, I choose to not waste my time on dealing with their thoughts about me. They can have those thoughts. They can have them, keep them, right? I'll let them be wrong about me. The last one that I'll talk about is fortune telling, anticipating the worst. Something new comes in, a change in plans, and maybe there's a different. Holiday schedule this year compared to all the others. And all of a sudden, your brain goes to the absolute worst case scenario. Oh, great. Then this means that they're going to keep my kiddo this year because they're not going to know. And then there's going to be a whole blah, 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 blah. Right. And you know what happens there. All of a sudden, you're circling the drain of negativity. I think it's proven that. like they've done studies on this. There's data to back it up. 97% of the negative worst case scenarios that we come up with in our brains never come true. They're never nearly as bad as we think that they're going to be. Now, having said that, I know that many of us as alienated parents look back and wish we weren't as naive as we were at one point. And so I think now knowing, like looking back, your brain is trying to solve for that. It's like, I wish I would have known. I wish I would have thought about this. I wish I would have whatever. So now what your brain many times will do is overcompensate for what you didn't know before. So you want to cover, I'm doing air quotes right now, cover all bases. And so you extra go into what might happen. Does that make sense? And your brain will even offer you, well, we know because last time that happened, this is not just like fortune telling, history has shown. I get you. I get you. But here's what I say. There's a fine line here of making yourself aware of the possible outcomes and then entertaining and circling the drain with all of the most negative, worst possible outcomes, There's a difference. One, you survey all of the data and you're like, okay, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. Okay. I know what I'll do in those cases. You spend 10, depending on what we're talking about, you spend a few minutes to determine what you would do in all these scenarios. In the other way, you are replaying this story that you have concocted in your mind about what might happen, the worst case scenario, and you spend hours upon hours on it. That's the one I'm talking about. The spending hours upon hours on it. And sometimes days, weeks on it, depending on how far out you are determining your future. Because as you know, your own thoughts will end up dictating how you show up. And so if you're thinking a thought, that thought will cause you to feel a feeling and that feeling will cause you to act in specific ways. And then you will produce your own result of the way that you show up based on that thought. So it's super helpful to not entertain all of the negative stories that your brain would like to tell you. And if you have gone through trauma you know, in your life, which I'd say that anybody listening to this podcast has, you might have a lot of those automatic thoughts on repeat because your brain wants to protect you. It's looking ahead and wanting to solve for any possible threats, any possible dangers ahead. This is your brain performing as it's supposed to. It's operating beautifully. But it's also very, very helpful, important for you to not allow the amygdala to hijack your you. And so you, you need to recruit your PFC or prefrontal cortex. Now, listen, what I think is super interesting, where did I learn this? I think it might've been Huberman. Um, when we're just moving throughout our life in a normal day, no stress in our bodies, Information travels both north to south and south to north. So think of your PFC, your prefrontal cortex, and then it goes down into into your limbic system, your thalamus and your hippocampus, hippocampi. There's two of them. And then amygdala. And that's the only part that's really important for what I'm saying right now. And a normal day, no stress, information goes up and down from the PFC, from your higher thinking down to emotional and from emotional up actually from the body. Under stress, the information only travels from south to north. So there's no information, very little coming from your higher thinking going down to emotional brain. So basically your critical thinking, it's like on a very low power generator. So your amygdala is doing the heavy lifting. Your amygdala is where the fear centers in the brain are. So when you, for instance, say you're in your house and you're like, maybe getting ready for work or something. And all of a sudden you feel anxiety, right? And you don't know why. You feel yourself being worked up. Your stress response is activated. We can all agree we know what that feels like inside, right? In that spot, amygdala is high alert. Your critical thinking, your logic has pretty much shut down. So nothing can really get done. This is not a time for you, not yet for you to start cognitive exercises. In a moment like that, when you're feeling anxiety, first thing that you do is you want to breathe. Simple. What is important here is that your exhales are longer, ideally twice as long as your inhales are. You could do square breathing, but that's a lot of counting. I would just go in for four and then exhale for eight. In for four, exhale for eight. When you breathe, I am going to go take you through all of this. Actually, when you breathe, keep your shoulders away from your ears. So, when if you're watching, then you'll see this. If not, I'll just describe it. When you take your inhale, refrain from drawing your shoulders up to your ears, tensing up your traps. So instead, keep your shoulders up, back down. I used to say this when I taught yoga. Drop your shoulder blades down your back as if you're sliding the shoulder blades into your two back pockets down there. Okay, it's not going. They're not going to go all the way down there, but you know what I'm saying. So get yourself in good posture. This is really helpful. It's really helpful all the time to be in good posture, but for this especially. So drop your shoulders down, chest is up. Really, honestly, this should be a habit that you incorporate before the stressful moments, but you want to inhale, preferably through your nostrils for both, okay? If you need to exhale through your mouth, that is fine too. Let your diaphragm fill up. So inhale, let it drop down, feel it like it's in your belly and then exhale, exhale it all out. Each time you exhale, you are releasing toxins. So just picture squeezing every last inch of air out and then redo it. Okay. You want to do that at least four times. I would say ideally six to eight times through inhale four, exhale eight. Okay. Doesn't really matter about the number. Just exhale, make your exhales much longer than your inhales, okay? If not, you're just like hyperventilating, which also like that kind of breathing has a purpose, but not for this. Okay, so that's your first thing. You notice that you're on high alert. You've got negative thoughts going, looming like crazy, breathe. Next, we're gonna work on the cognitive distortions. We're gonna work on reframing. I did a recent episode on, I think it was like, it was like maybe 44, episode 44. 43, 44. And towards the end, I do talk about the acronym is NEED. N is notice. E is evaluate. I don't know. I just, I made it up. And then the other E is your desired emotion. And then D, I don't remember. Anyway, this is similar to that, except for I don't really have an acronym for it. But you're going to, (laughs) you want to ask yourself what the thought is. What is causing me to feel? Anxiety is a really popular one. So I'll just use anxiety. Why am I feeling anxious right now? Anxiety seems to just pop up. Most of the time, if we're sad, we'll know sort of what's causing because we'll have a memory. Maybe you're irritable. This one recently happened with me and I shared with you guys. If You're irritable all day and you don't know why. Well, you know what I tell you guys to do, to go do a brain dump, do a thought download, get all your thoughts out, and then you'll be able to see most of the time. But you can also just ask yourself in the case where, you know, you don't want to sit because you are anxious. Just what was I thinking? I wonder what the thought was when I started feeling anxious. And when did I start feeling anxious? Oh, I know it was when I was going to wash my face. What thought did I have? Most of the time, you'll be able to come up with something like the general idea of what the thought is. When you don't know what it is, it's just because it's become so second nature for you to think it. So it's so matter of fact that you don't realize it. But when you identify it, oh, okay, I'm feeling anxious because I was thinking about the fact that the schedule is going to change for custody or for school. And I know them when I have to write an email, right? Or I know that I'm picking up my kiddo today from school. And I'm thinking maybe I'll run into one of them, maybe the alienator or somebody. Okay. So once you identify the thought, then you want to challenge it. You want to poke holes in it. Like I talk about, you want to challenge it. And the best way to do that is to the easiest way in the moment like that is just to ask yourself how the opposite might be true or even the idea that it's possible that something else is true. So you don't have to fully believe it, but like, how could another truth be possible? How could it maybe be that something else might happen? What would that look like? What would this something else look like? And it's not that you're denying that that other thing is a possibility, It's just that that could be a possibility and there is a sea of other possibilities too. What could you create? How could you make, like cultivate a different outcome? So you want to challenge the thought and then if it's believable to you, you want to replace the thought. I like to come up with for all of my aunts, I have now they're automatic responses that I've trained myself to think as a result. It's like a conversation with myself. So every time that my brain wants to come up with, oh, it's always going to be this way. Oh, you'll never be successful. You know what? I already have been successful. You want to find evidence for that. In what ways have you created success in your life? Maybe I still am working towards having this specific success, but I have been successful in many things. So disproving these facts in your mind. And then choosing the replacement thought on purpose. It's going to be a lot easier for your brain to go and think the things that have become automatic. But when you decide on purpose to think something else, I think is super empowering. Like, oh, okay. There's nothing wrong that you have the ant, the automatic negative thought. So you don't need to like chastise yourself. You can just notice that thought and then choose not to give that the energy. You can choose to to divert your attention to the more helpful thought on purpose, okay? And it doesn't mean anything when you, when it comes back to mind. It's not like you're regressing or you're doing anything wrong. It's just a negative thought. And you have for, you know, however long been thinking it. It's very well-versed, well-practiced. But when you are able to become aware that it's not the truth, when you task your brain of disproving this thought that you know is not helping you, then that is when you win. You have control over it. When you're able to go, oh, I just heard myself say that I knew I wasn't going to be successful ever again. I just heard myself say, oh, I'm never going to have a relationship with my daughter. Right. And that is just a thought. It's just an ant. It's just what happens. I'm a human being that has this brain that's trying to protect me. I know that that doesn't mean anything about me. Doesn't mean anything about my healing or about my abilities or anything. Just means I had a negative thought come to me. So as long as you're able to notice, oh, right, that is not the truth. That is just the thought that I'm thinking. Then you're golden, right? Then you have created the separation and the space and you won't, you don't need to show up in your world as if that thought is the truth okay so it's basically just question every thought that you have because this is what where we get in trouble i know for me i didn't know that i could actually question the thoughts that i had i thought if i had the thought if it occurred to me that it was you know the truth or it was bound to happen i didn't think oh wow I'm thinking this thought based on something that I've learned or have proven to myself over and over, but I can prove something different to myself now. I don't have to rely on destiny or on history to create my future. If I was going to continue to rely on what has already happened to create my future, I would only create more of what's already happened. And that is why all of us find ourselves in these loops stuck in a rut because you're looking to your past in order to create your future. It's never going to happen that way. You're never going to create anything different if you're looking at what history is showing you. Okay. So I think that that is the biggest takeaway. Your aunts don't have to dictate the way that you show up in the world. They can just be fleeting thoughts, right? So the, the biggest question that I get from all of you is, well, how do I get out of this thinking? How do I stop thinking these thoughts? How do I stop creating this stuckedness for myself? And it's just that you notice that these thoughts don't have to be your truth. Okay. That's it. It's just being like, oh, that's interesting. I'm noticing that I'm saying that I'm a failure. I'm noticing that I'm telling myself that that because of the statistics and because of what's happened in my history, that this means that I won't have a relationship with my kid from here on out. You don't know that. You really, truly don't know that. So, why are you going to continue to say that to yourself? That is just to me now, of course, common sense. It's like basic, no matter what it is, if it's negative and you're saying, oh, but history says that. I'm never going to have a relationship with my daughter. I I know, it's I'm basing it, it's all common sense. This is what's happened up until now and it's going to continue to go like that. What is the upside to thinking that thought? Your brain will tell you that the upside, one of the upsides is that you're protecting yourself. You're not going to put yourself in a vulnerable spot. And I want you to challenge that because what downside does vulnerability have other than you having feelings of, you know, feeling hurt? And the little bit of discomfort from from feeling vulnerable, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. Is that the saying? It's okay. I know for me anyway, I choose vulnerability over all of the negative feelings. I mean, I'm happy to have some heartbreak if that means that I grow as a person. I mean, I'm not going to choose it. If I had a platter of emotions, heartbreak would not be the first on the first of my agenda. But if heartbreak came with ecstasy, joy, and love, I'm down. It's going to happen. You know, this is just part of being human. Whatever you're thinking, just know that you have control over it. And don't allow these ants, these negative thoughts to dictate how you show up in your world. It's so powerful to get meta on yourself and notice, oh, okay, these are just thoughts that I'm having, they don't have to be my truth. I can go look for evidence to support the opposite of this. What's the harm? Why not open up my perspective a little bit? But yeah, I mean, I've described this to you in a lot of ways over the last almost a year, actually. This is like always, it's the one question is how do I stop thinking this way? How do I just stop and start thinking thoughts that are positive? And Always, I will tell you, it's about becoming aware, noticing what the thought actually is. You've got to get really specific with it. In each situation, you may have to apply it. You know, what is the thought that I'm thinking? Challenge the thought, challenge, poke holes in the story and its validity. And then when you're ready, replace the thought with a new or better thought, with a better version of it, believable version of it, okay? This is how you get unstuck. This is how you change your habitual thinking for good. This is it. It's very, very simple. It's just required you to be very diligent and intentional with your thought work. All right, y'all, have a lovely day. Become aware of your little ants, your grief ants, your anger ants, all of them. And I'll see you next week. So that's all, y'all. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. I'm honored that you chose to share your time with me. If you like what you've been hearing and you want more, come join me in the new monthly membership where we take the concepts that you hear about here and using a logical framework, you learn to apply them to your specific situations, upgrading your thoughts and your life, even while experiencing the grief of alienation. For more information, go to beyondthehighroad.com. See you soon.